we are back again and this time we thought that we would record a bit of a bonus episode so josh and i it was a couple of weeks ago now talked about midweeks and the opportunity that they provide to be competitive when you know, some of the strongest teams like uh, you know bayern psg m- may have pretty tough fixtures and well the draw has been made <laughs> and there are a couple of standouts, aren't there? I mean, obviously there is, I mean, the first thing that came true is that in the Champions League, there's some pretty tough old matchups, isn't there, for what you yep. normally think of, of the teams that would smash at the weekend. But my question to you, Josh, is uh, the teams that are going to smash midweek, who's who stood out for you? <laughs> um, uh, let's just address the elephant in the Conference League, which is uh, Azen Alkmaar. <laughs> Uh, right off the bat, shall we? Um, I, I mean, this is just a ridiculously favourable draw for AZ. Like, I uh, just, I think if you're playing midweeks, like, and the thing about AZ is, is they could really dominate U23 as well as Challenger. Like, you, yeah. if you're looking at their team, like their key players, Jesper Carlson, um, Vangelis Pavlidis, um, even like, you know, you talk about Tijani Reinders, uh, for instance, as well. Like he's just turned into an absolute AA monster. He's got a L5 of 77, for God's sake. Um, I'm so disappointed. Like, I was convinced that they were going to rotate 4 0 up coming into oh, this yeah. last week. Yeah, they did not rotate. Well. And, yeah, he he's smashed scored. again. I put up like another like 80 point score. Um, yeah. But like yeah. these guys, as, and again, like in defense, Kirkes is, is just going to play a lot of these. And uh, Sam Bukema as well, and like the only the only thing which will stop these AZ players being absolute smashers in this Conference League group stage is rotation. Like, if, depending on how how much they prioritise the Eredivisie as well as the Europa Conference League, um, you know, if I'm the coach, I'm looking at that group thinking, right, this is a good opportunity. I get to play some of my fringe players here, and you know, we're still, you know. Lots. I've seen lots of AZ fans saying, you know, if we don't get 18 points, this is just going to be absolutely terrible. And whilst I agree, I I think like that they, they could easily win the group with 12 points. So like, why yeah. you know why bother trying to smash every game? You know, you can play some fringe players, win the first couple of group games, and then sort of get into yeah. it. So I really think like you know for U23 and for Challenger in midweek, the only thing which is going to be stopping AZ stacks just absolutely obliterate it are going to be the um is going to be any sort of rotation they have in the side. Yeah, because I think that's um, the interesting yeah. thing, isn't it? Because like, what surprised me is how strong they lined up for the second round against Guildford. Yeah. Like, they were 4-0 up. They had that done, and they put out a really strong team. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it is that they take the first three or four games super seriously and put out, like, really big dog lineups, and yep. then they rotate for the last couple. But the one thing that I think is quite interesting is... They've got Zeno van Hoisten. And I think for me, it's like, who are the people that would rotate? I think there's a possibility that Havan Ejven comes in for one of the like the three forwards. Yeah, like yeah. I think Jens Eidegaard is is a really, really good option, and I'm super glad to have him. But I think there there could be some rotation in certain matchups between, you know, the Jens, Pavlidis, Carlson, and then uh, Havan coming in as well. I think Kirkes for me seems pretty pretty locked in at left back. Yeah, Bukuma, I agree. Sam Bukuma is an interesting one because 
with Van Hoisten coming in, if he can ever get fit, like, and that's the one thing that I'll say is Van Hoisten <laughs> seems to stay fit for like actually everyone jokes about Jeremy Doku, but Van Hoisten is worse. Like his fitness record over the last couple of years has been terrible. But if he is fit, he's a very good player, and yeah. I just don't see Martin and Zindi. Like I think he's if you if you were to look at who's like more he's going to play every game. Yeah, I think it's Sam Bukema. Yeah. So then that becomes really interesting in like who's planning and how are you building teams for this? Because I think AZ AZ go on a ripper like Feyenoord did last season. And it was that like if you miss the boat really early, like you're just sat there going, Oh, come on. Like yeah. and I think it we sort of <laughs> we got this vibe when AZ smacked Dundee that they were going to be taking this tournament seriously and they had the capability to do it. Yeah. But this draw was more favourable than I could have even imagined. Like, I had yeah, my fingers ridiculous. crossed because I do have Tiani Reinders and Jens Odegaard. And I was like, God, get a nice draw, get a nice draw. And I'm watching it come in, and I'm going, no way. How have they managed this? Like, particularly when you look at, like, the other group, you've got FC Colin and Nice. Like, it's like, yeah. like, there's some groups where they've, like, a couple of people have gone together. Like, the, the luck has truly fallen in AZ's favour. And I think, like you said, like, the only... The only risk to them being a complete smasher each and every week is that um is the rotation. And also that if you go out and buy an AZ stack right now, that you you know they're gonna have to compete with Visa card and his uh his yeah. uh, jacked up XP <laughs> AZ stacks that he's had for a while. So yeah, I think yeah, for I think... me. Oh sorry, oh, sorry go on. On. You go. I'll make my point in a minute. No, I was saying I think for me, under twenty-three is is an interesting one because that's where you cannot run a full stack. Like feasibly someone could run full stacks in challenger. AZ would just like mop up most weeks because of the capability of clean sheets and goals. But I think because they can't, you know, they obviously don't have an under 23 goalkeeper. You cannot run full stacks there. So I think that's like, for me, I'll probably prioritize under 23s in midweek and then still try and roll a strong challenger lineup. But I think my challenger midweek lineup would be more Anderlecht focused, who they've got a so so group. Like West Ham being in there is obviously not great yeah. for them. I think the rest of the group is like, you know, they could be competitive. Um, but the challenge is, is like, you know, they could be competitive and then AZ could win 6-0. So like, your yeah. Anderlecht team could be like, I'm doing really... No, I'm not doing very well at all. Um, so yeah, I think that's for me is is interesting that that there's not the capability to run a, a full under-23 stack. I mean, you could run a, a pretty solid um, core of AZ. Yeah, AZ under you get four out, can't you? But you need a GK. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, with Rapid oh, letting God. everyone down, there are even Ugh. fewer GKs, aren't there? So yeah, that was really disappointing for me. Like I, and like you think like Rapid would have gone into this group as well, and yeah. then like you know you have two really favourable fixtures for them as well, and mm. you know pretty pretty high chances of a clean sheet in those games. I think the interesting thing for me is how the markets reacted to the AZ group. Like you can quite clearly see like Rinders like his previous sale before the group were. The groups were announced, I believe I'm correct in saying, is like 0.349. And the two after, one's at 0.385 and one's at 0.405. The floor now is at um, is at 0.43. So like that was something I was quite interested in. The same with Vangelis Pavlidis as well. Like he hadn't cracked one ETH before, I don't think. Um, 
and then yeah, the draw. So his his previous sale before the draw was 0.84. The draw was made, and his next sale was one ETH, like on the nose. So like I think there has been, <laughs> there's no been quite some. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's been like you know quite uh, there's been a bit of a pump, I think. Um, yeah. Carlson as well, really previous sale 1.09, most recent after the draw 1.25. So like you know people have people are cottoning onto this, you know, they're seeing and they're yeah. being smart and they're getting the players in early and, you know, I I cannot blame them. I think it's a, you know, it's a I ridiculous on, group. It's yeah. like, it's embarrassingly yeah. good for them. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I just, like you said, and like, it's a ridiculous group and like actually paying the premium now, racking up the XP, like XP is going to be important now because there's yeah. going to be so many people that run like pretty much identical teams, whether yeah. they are in Challenger or, or U23. I mean, I think there'll be more variants in U23, but I think challenger sure. teams, people are just going to stack that up and it's yeah. going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be the like the ones that can, they're going to run, you know, Verholst, Martins, Indy, Reinders or Classy maybe, um, mm. Pavlidis and Carlson. And like, yeah. that is just going to be a ridiculous five. And you like, I, you know, you're just going to see that really. Yeah. When they're really spack, like, the thing is, they're gonna they're gonna spank teams like five six nil. Exactly, yeah. Like, like double forward is such an like with given the fixtures they've got, like the amount of goals they're gonna score in the group stages, like surely yeah. just gonna be mental. So, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Off I go. Anyway. Give me five minutes. I'm gonna try and buy Jesper Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although actually, I, th- that could be really burn people, couldn't it? Because he's been quite vocal about wanting to leave. Like, could you imagine if yeah. you lump into Carlson on the fact of a favourable group, and then he just goes off to like Santa Vigo or something? Yeah, I think the well, the latest rumor is PSV, so I'm not sure. Like, obviously, uh, and that only happens if Gakpo goes, but um, yeah, I don't know. That obviously wouldn't be bad, but yeah, like you know, if you're buying in for midweeks, um, AZ's group is far more favorable than PSV's is in the Europa League. Yeah, um, I mean, PSV don't have they've got Bodo Glimt and Zurich in their group, but they also have Arsenal, so you know, it that's not great. Um, question is, how seriously do Arsenal take it? Do you think Arsenal rotate? I I think even if they do, like they, I it's think they probably have the quality and depth this year that they mm. they're probably still pretty strong to be honest. Yeah. Um. And I think one of the things as well, which you pointed out to me, is like the frequency of midweeks we have now because of the World Cup. Yeah. Um, it's sorry, really I know condensed. we're I know we're tangenting a little bit here, and we're supposed to be no. talking about some different teams, but yeah, not I think, at all. Because like you say, like... the the frequency is a bit wild. Yeah, and, and this is the thing: is like it's the the possible returns. Like, if you think about somebody's paying maybe 10%, 15% more than last sale on an AZ player, they've got six midweeks between now and November. Like, feasibly, you could, like, make a big chunk of your money back. Yeah. Like, before the World Cup. Like, and that's and that's it. Like, it's just, they are every single week, which obviously does, you know, cause an issue for rotation. Um mm. Maybe it's the, you know, they play strong in midweek, rotate the weekends. I think you'll have to be really, really hot on the team news because yeah. there will be a few surprises. But if you can play it well, like just the length of time, like it's it's so quick. Like you feasibly could return your investment in within the next eight weeks, within the next two months, which is, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem a bit wild. Yeah, I think with the frequency, there, like you say, there's a slightly greater chance for rotation, which I think is interesting. But um, yeah, I think it'll be like with AZ, like they'll win three games. I imagine they win the first three games, like yeah. demolish them, and then we'll see some, you know, um, 
And I think that could also be an option, an opportunity for players like uh, for managers. If um, if that is the case, say Aza gets nine points from their first three games, and it seems quite clear that they're going to rotate, then you know you can you can quite comfortably on a budget look at some rotation pieces for AZs that. Um, what was the one you mentioned, Evian, for instance? Yeah, um, he's yeah, also also U twenty three. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. you know, you can look at those. Like at the minute, he's starting every game because Carlson's injured. He's L five sixty four. He's still only point two five for a rare. Yeah. So you know, yeah. when Carlson comes back, you know, uh, prior to this season, he was training at like point one nine, point one eight, that sort of that sort of range. Obviously, yeah. Carlson's been injured. He's come in and done really well, but he's gone up a little yeah. bit. But, you know, you're going to be able to find some of these cheaper alternatives that are going to play the midweek games if they do have yeah. a healthy lead in the group. The, the thing that I find crazy, though, is you look at the fixtures that AZ have got in the Eredivisie in line with mm-hmm. this. So, like, let me just call this out. Like, this is their next couple of weeks, right? So, yep. game week 301, there's one coming up. They've got NEC. They then play FC Emin, in the Eredivisie, Dinipro in the Conference League, FC Twente, FC Vaduz. There's then a break for internationals. It then goes Groningen, Apoel Limassol, Utrecht, Limassol again, Feyenoord. They have Ajax in 306. Uh, But again, that's only one fixture. Oh, I need to check that. So uh, from my calendar, they have Ajax game week 306, one just before the international break. Uh, okay, and yeah. the Vadas game is sandwiched in between twenty at home and twenty and Ajax. Okay, yeah. So, so you, I think you can anticipate some pretty heavy rotation for that Vadas game for Vadas. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, the other ones like you, like you mentioned. The thing is as well, like they, <clears throat> they literally have like they're playing Canberra this game week, and then like you say, three hundred one through to um three hundred six, they have a game every game week. Yeah. So they're playing two games a week every week. So like you know, yeah, it's just a ridiculous amount of utility for these AZ cards. Um, yeah. I think one of the one of the guys in our um, in one of our group chats was asking like who to buy, and I basically mm. just reeled off a list of like ten names, like the yeah. goalkeeper and like three for each position. And they were like, "Wow, that's a lot." And I was like, "Well, yeah, but you know, you're going to need quite a few cards if you're thinking you're going to be able to f- buy five AZ cards and play them every week. Like, mm. it's, it's maybe not going to quite work like that because they're you know they are going to rotate some players. Mm. But like yeah. Bruno Martins Indy, from from my perspective, is like a superb card to hold for the next six game weeks because I. Just think he'll start every game, yeah. Um, unless he's injured or suspended. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the question is, if you're not stacking AZ, who could who possibly compete with them? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I do like Ghent's group. Uh, so Ghent have got Mulder, Shamrock Rovers, and I'm uh, really sorry, I cannot pronounce the name of this last team. Jurgarden, Jurgarden. Oh, Jurgarden. Yeah, from Sweden. Yes, they're Swedish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they again. That looks a really favourable group. Uh, Mulder actually did um, reasonably well in uh, qualifying. Well, I say reasonably well. They obviously qualified. But they did well over two legs against um, all the Austrian teams. Uh, Vietse, Volkswagen Athletic Club, um, mm. and yeah, like obviously, you know, I imagine they'll be reasonably handy, but I don't think they'll be on Ghent's level and then you've mm. uh, maybe at, you know maybe at home maybe when Mulder at home they give them a good game um but then yeah. like Shamrock and Jurgarden I again I expect Ghent to be pretty heavy favorites to be honest um yeah. I think you know the thing with Ghent is they do score quite a lot of goals don't they so I think if you're looking from an offensive point of view mm. um you know some of those some of those forwards are uh, could maybe be yeah. quite 
it's a, it's a shame because uh, Tissadali's got quite a serious injury. Yeah, he does. The pot has been playing, isn't he? He has, yeah. I think Kuipers would, yes. is one that, you know, just because he's got a good level of fitness as well, so I think he, he will play quite a lot. The one yep. that's actually quite interesting to me is uh, Jens Petter Haig, who I think, I don't know if he's still owned by Milan or whether it is Frankfurt that own him, but he was at Milan. He then went to Frankfurt, didn't really play, and now he's on loan at Ghent. Right. But he's he's a U23 mid, so I think he could be quite interesting because when he was younger, I think it was... I can't remember who he played for, but there was a team he played for um, from his native Norway, and he he ended up doing really well. Like He played really well in one of the, like, the Europa Leagues, I think. Right. Um, but he's just, you know, he's had injuries. He's not, he's not really ever, you know, established himself at Milan or obviously Frankfurt. But I think sure. again, he could be, he could be a little bit, a little bit tidy. And yeah, again, like, you know, when they played Shamrock Rovers in 305 and, you know, he got Club Bruges versus Porto and Benfica playing Juventus and, you know, Zagreb are playing Milan, like a couple of like the, like your typical under twenty three smashes have all got pretty difficult fixtures yep. that week. So I think there's it's very much like and I think the new matrix makes this even more so, but very much like playing the fixtures if you've got the opportunity to do so. So I think that yeah, again could be interesting. I also think that they're pretty solidly solid defensively. Like um Heinzbrook tends to rotate more in like midfield and like his wide outside midfielders. Right, but he, he does tend to keep reasonably stable in defence and Davy Rofe as well. So I think Rofe could be, you know, Rofe could be a very again. You talk about like Hobby Verhurst, like Rofe's got a lot of utility in the coming weeks, and I just don't see any reason why they'd rotate a goalkeeper. So yeah, yeah he has he he's really strong AA as well, hasn't he? Davey Rofe, Rofe, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that yeah, that's <clears> that could be a that could definitely. Be. And I know you know obviously we're picking quite a lot of teams from the conference league. Well, I say quite a lot. We've only discussed two sides, but um, yeah. I think in challenger that's obviously like where you want to be shooting. Like you know you don't really want to be picking challenge teams in the Europa League and most definitely not in the Champions League uh, just because of the strength for the competitions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but obviously yeah, Bruges have been done again. <laughs> they they always get yeah. in the Champions League and get a, a terrible draw. Yeah, I thought um, the Salzburg and Dynamo Zagreb group is quite interesting. Obviously, they play each other and they've got Milan and Chelsea in there as well. Mm. Um, but, and what? yeah, you know, Celtic as well. I haven't, they've got Real Madrid, but Leipzig and Shakhtar at Parkhead might well be winnable fixtures. But like from an SO5 perspective, it's just not, you know, it's nowhere near close to like the AZ or the Gent group, for instance. No. The one that I'm a little bit surprised about, and I do wonder if this is because they're not technically licensed, but they do have a couple of licensed players that people seem to have overlooked, is I'm looking at Marwin Hits here of Basel. Ah, yes. And his price has barely moved. He's got a lovely group as well. They do. Like, they really do. Like, you know, I'm just having a look here. Who have Basel got? So they've got, I mean... Zalgris, Slovan Bratislava, and I've never even heard of this ta- team. Punic? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Must be a, must be a Ukrainian I team. Don't even know. Yeah, I was going to say I don't even know what country they're from. Oh, Armenian! Wow. Armenian. Yeah. 
like Basel have got a really good group. Like, yeah, I've got Marwin Hits and Kasim Adams, albeit only in limited. But I think like the utility they get as well. I'm just having a look at what Hits as price is because it's like, I mean, his last sale on a rare was 0.778. Yeah, that seems especially because Basel are reasonably good as well. Right? Yeah, they're one of the strongest in their league. Like I find I find this a little bit mm. odd to be honest, because I think they could be really, really good. And I think they're massively overlooked. Obviously, you can't run a stack with them because sure. they're not licensed. They don't have a full team. But yeah, I just I just find it a bit surprising that that there's not been more movement on them because arguably their group is I mean, I'd say Aza is, is just slightly easier but Basel's yeah. not far behind mm. no I agree I, I I really agree I think AZ is only slightly easier because they have Vadas but then like Vadas has surprised two teams on the way to qualification so I suppose you never know yeah but yeah I think I think you're right I think the group's quite comparative to be honest and I, I suppose I just don't think Basel are quite as strong as AZ um no no I think that's fair but I think like if but, you're looking yeah. for like a differential defensive stack Mm, I yeah, think sure. that hit, Hits and Adams could be quite useful. I don't think they, they get anywhere near AZ in terms of attacking output, but I think they could end up running quite a few clean sheets. And I think Kasim Adams and Martins Indy, kind of similar scoring. Sure. Um, if you look at it, they both sort of pass out from the back. Um, but yeah. So the, the I know there's one other team that we're going to talk about, but I think... What I always find interesting is that champion is obviously super competitive and all of the best champion teams will play each other. So yes. what yeah. really stood out to me is uh, Monaco's group. Um, I yep. think their, their group, they Monaco and Villarreal, I think, are the two, um, the two for me that have a pretty, pretty top group in terms of... Yeah, I know, I'd agree champion teams um, yeah no i definitely agree i think i hadn't actually looked at villarreal's group too much hapwell beersheva i'd like they've been in the champions league a couple of times haven't they but a lot obviously i'm not expecting them to be great but they no i they think they do awful. just for as a nature of the fact that they have this whole champion path where they yeah, like sure. if you've won your league in your own country you'll you'll get advantage but i mean austria vien hapwell beersheva Lech Poznan, like yeah, no, Villarreal aren't, Villarreal aren't giving up many goals against that, are they? Realistically, no. yeah. Um, and then for Monaco, who albeit are in the Europa League, but Monaco have Savena, Zvezda, Fenerbahce, and Trabonspor. I'd okay. say Trabons are probably the toughest opponent they're going to face there. But there's two, two, you know, opponents that are much clearly worse than them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what I, what I think is really interesting about Monaco as well is uh, Philippe Clement tends to play a very possession-based game. You absolutely know that the uh, Czech and Hungarian teams there are going to be sitting deep in a low block. And yep. there is going to be like the most ridiculous passing AA from Monaco players. Um, I think that they could put up some pretty big scores in those weeks. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, actually defensively, like if you took say Nubel and Badia Shelley, mm. what's that about two ETH if you bought the pair? I suppose 
maybe yeah. slightly more. Don't know. I've, you know, obviously in the midweeks you're playing. If you're playing champion, you sort of. I'm just having a look at the groups. Obviously, like PSG have got Juventus in their group. Um, City haven't got the toughest group, I suppose. But Sevilla and Borussia Dortmund away would be tricky enough fixtures for them. Mm-hmm. Barca have got Inter and Bayern. Like that's obviously the group of death, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I do think there maybe is a bit of an edge to be had here. You know, if you've got Villarreal. Um, sorry, if you've got Monaco at home to Franz Faros or, you know, something like that, that's, like yeah. you say, with the with Clement's style, if you're rocking like Nubel and Badia Chile or I think he's probably the only viable defender, to be honest. But yeah, like that, that could easily do as well as a, a Neuer and Hernandez. And also, like, you don't really have the rotation risk with Nubel and Badia Chile, do you really? Like, if they're fit, they're starting every game, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Whereas at Bayern, like, who knows who's going to be playing centre-half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting because the, the typical, like, smasher champion teams have all got pretty tough groups. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is if you look at the way the fixtures fall, they all tend to have their toughest games in the same game weeks. Yeah. So there's these certain, like, edge case game weeks where all the big champion teams are playing each other um that i think is going to be quite interesting um you know gives a bit of an edge in those weeks where you know like ultimately i think with the new matrix as well it's all about conceding like you're you're making a bet that even if Bayern beat barcelona by a couple of goals they'll concede at least one yes because i think the likelihood of Villarreal and or Monaco conceding many in the group stages is very low. Whereas Bayern could feasibly win their group, but I think Inter and Barca will give them enough of the game that they'll probably concede a couple. So I think it's like that that sort of edge. What you obviously have to then consider is, you know, who, who are your forwards? And and this is my sort of con- like challenge around champion is that like Messi and Neymar just look like they're going to be absolutely un- unbeatable this season and yeah. could put up, even in a tough group could still put up some monster scores so yeah i think it's an interesting one but i think like you know i'm not tempted to dive into champion just because i just don't really have a presence there but there's there's enough about this that if you're someone that does play champion and you're just looking to have that edge in midweek i think there's there's definitely an opportunity there yeah yeah i i think that's fair um and yeah, I think the champion clubs in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League, like, you know, it is just going to be very favourable for them. It, obviously, like we spoke pre-recording about Fiorentina as well. They've got Istanbul, Bekashir, Hearts and RFS in their group. And again, you know, the only ones I don't like too much in the Conference League are Colnau and Nice, and that's only because they're both in the same group. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think lots of people, including me, do not like playing champion because of the the threshold you need to win like the the caliber of player you need to win but um in these midweeks i can actually see that being quite a bit lower just because of the players you can utilize from the villarreal from monaco from you know fiorentina etc so yeah i thought that was a i thought that was a good point and um yeah worth discussing i think absolutely awesome well thank you so much um let's i think bring it to a close there but hopefully everyone's found this valuable and it was a nice follow-on to the previous episode where we talked about midweeks so thank you so much sure sounds good